really landed on last week, which was Psalm 1. Psalm 1 is just one of those psalms that um, a lot of people memorize because it's just really gritty. And so go ahead and throw it up there because it lands, Psalm 1 lands in the spot where it says, and he shall be like a tree. Well, who's like a tree? Well, we are. And the verse starts by saying when uh, we're blessed, when, when we don't walk in the path of sin or stand in the seat of the scornful, but our delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, we meditate day and night, and then we will be like a tree. And this tree is planted by the rivers of water, and in time, it bears fruit. Its leaf does not wither. It's this incredible picture of this leaf rooted next to the river. Now, we talked about the river, and we talked about God being the living water, that he is what we go to when we're thirsty. And last week, we talked about being thirsty. Now, if you haven't heard last week, I encourage you to listen to it because it was good. I mean, it's not just because I preached it, but it was a good message. Um, Anyway, Facebook Live, check it out. But the idea was that we all get thirsty, just like the woman at the well. There's needs in our heart. And it'd be nice if if there was just a magic wand when you go to the altar and you accept Jesus and all your thirst goes away. But that's not the reality. Jesus is the quencher of our thirst, but we get discouraged. We get insecure. We have those needs and it's where we go to that determines whether or not those needs get quenched. And so we go to the living water. We're like that tree planted by the, by the rivers of water. And as we were, um, as I was thinking about this message and being a tree planted, I, I thought about the time when, um, when I first cut down my first tree. Now, those of you who know me know I am not overly handy. I am not great with tools. You do not want to invite me over to help you build anything. I can help with demo. I can haul stuff to the dump. I can cheerlead with the best of them. But in terms of building something, uh, you do not want me on your team. Nevertheless, when I was 21 years old in the summer in my ministry school years, I had a summer job, and the summer job was my buddy had a pretty wealthy dad. His family was pretty wealthy, and his dad was like, I want to hire you and your friend to just work for me over the summer, like whatever I need. He had a couple rental properties, so we did some painting, um, actually painted whole houses. And, uh, and then one of the projects, one morning he took us out on his deck, and he lived like on the Puget Sound, but it was probably, you know, like uh, maybe a, a half a mile to the Puget Sound, because it was in Washington where we, where we were at the time. So he took us out on his deck, and he's like, you know, there's water out there, the Puget Sound, but my view is obstructed by this tree. And technically, it wasn't his property. Technically, we probably shouldn't have been cutting down a tree in the middle of nowhere. But what did I know, right? I was just working for the guy telling me, he was telling me what to do. So he was pointing out this tree, and at the time, it really looked like a small Christmas tree. I mean, we're on his deck, and we're looking out, and it was, you know, clear, clear as day, blocking his view, but it was pretty far down there. And so it looked like a pretty simple job, and so I'm like, hey, let's do this. Let's, let's get a chainsaw, rolling down there. Well, it was a lot farther than I thought it was, going through the woods, whatever, and we find this tree, and no joke, I mean, the trunk, it was a gigantic pine tree. I mean, the trunk was this, every bit of this big, giant tree, right? And uh, it was kind of like on this bank. I mean, it was full-on sketchy. We had no business trying to cut this tree down in the middle of nowhere. But, hey, that's what we're getting paid for. So we start going at it, no joke, with this chainsaw. We're going at this thing. And so I did what you 
only thing I know how to do is like we, you know, cut like a, a wedge into this thing. I mean, how difficult is it, right? You cut a wedge and then you do a slit on the other side and it falls exactly where you need it to fall and we're good, at least in my mind. So we cut the wedge and then, and then the other side, we start cutting and a gust of wind comes and the tree goes and totally pinches our chainsaw. So it's hanging now on like a tiny little thing in the middle uh, the, the, the big tree, because there's a big chunk coming out here and a, a slice here. And so now our chainsaw is stuck and this tree is like going like this, right? I mean, we, we could have died. So I, I call my buddy who's like Paul Bunyan and he's got this big ax and he comes out with his, you know, outfit and stuff, his, you know, and, and he starts, you know, going at it. First of all, he's like, y'all are crazy. We could die. Starts going at it with his ax. And, and sure enough, this... Uh, like forest ranger drives up and he's like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. We're not doing anything. That's not my chainsaw. I mean, some, it was somebody else's chainsaw. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm writing you guys up, right, for a ticket. Now, luckily the ticket never went anywhere because for whatever reason, but we left, we left a tree and the, and the uh, chainsaw in the tree. We just leave. And like two nights later, there was a storm, and we look out in the morning, tree's gone. And the guy's like, you guys are awesome. Look at what you guys did. I'm like, we almost died. It was totally illegal. I got a ticket. There's nothing good about this. So if you need some help in your yard, call me. I'm available. Um, But what I was thinking about is the reality that oftentimes when we see people that are, that are healthy, that, that seem rooted, that seem anchored, that seem like immovable almost. Like if you ever watch somebody go through something and you're like, wow, you're taking this way better than I would. I would be kind of a mess. But just the way that you're able to live your life, it just, there's an anchor that you have that I don't have. Anybody ever met somebody like that? And oftentimes they look average. Oftentimes they look sort of normal, but but you get close and you realize, wow, like there's, there's more to this. There's more to their walk. They, I see them on Sunday morning and they're singing just like I am. They're going through, you know, the book just like I am. But you get close to their life and you realize, wow, that, that, that trunk's bigger than I thought. Those roots go deeper than I thought. When I get to know you a little bit, I realize there's something about your life that keeps you anchored. And today, that's really what today is about, is being anchored in Jesus. We know to go to him for, 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 for living water, but rooted people don't just know where to drink, but rooted people have deep roots, deep roots. And I was thinking about that, and uh, show this picture of this tree, um, because, you know, either you've been to the redwoods and sequoias, or at least you know about them, but these are giant trees, right? And, I mean, you can see the guy there, and you see this trunk, um, it's just gigantic. Cars drive, drive through these things. They're so big. But what I, what I found when I did some research was interesting about, about sequoias. See, uh, back in the 1960s, there was a, a storm, like of epic proportion that went through this area. And they, they found that a couple of trees, like the giant ones, like this size, fell down. And they couldn't explain it. They were like, I don't understand how a storm 
could blow over a tree of that magnitude when this has sort of never happened before. And what they found was that because of the awareness of how you know, um, amazing these trees are, the foot traffic had been heightened the, the, the summer before. And, and they hadn't known that they got to build a fence around these trees. And so you had thousands and thousands of people going out to check out the sequoias for the first time. And their root system for a tree like this is actually pretty shallow. And so when you had thousands of people walking around the tree, it damaged the root system. And you actually had a few of them topple over, the big ones, which is why you can see a fence. And now if you go there, you can't actually get close. You can't climb one because they have these little guardrails around these fences because you got to guard the roots. The roots are so important. But I discovered another thing, and, and you probably know this because we live in San Diego, but there's another tree that you can get right up close to, and you can trample on it all you want. And this tree is so powerful because the root system of this tree goes so deep that in a storm, it can actually bend all the way over and touch the ground and be just fine. And it's this tree here. It's a palm tree. I love palm trees. Come on, San Diego. <laughs> but not all palm trees obviously can do this, but, but these certain palms, um, in, in, in a hurricane, they can actually bend all the way over, touch the ground, and then they bounce back because of the unique root system that's so deep that it is not going anywhere. I love that. I love that picture. Um, and so I guess the question is, what, what is it that makes us rooted? What is it that makes us anchored? People that despite things that were going on in our lives, that we have this, this depth to us, this anchoring, this root system that, uh, that's not going to fail us in the middle of whatever it is that we're navigating. Now, I'll tell you, religious people will say, religious people will say that my faithful adherence to religious activity and good, de good deeds anchor me. Right? Like the thing that anchors me is I, I got to be faithful. I got to be, uh, you know, the, the, I got to be in the word. I got to be faithful in prayer. I got to go to church regularly. I got to do all of these things. And when I don't do them, I'm not anchored. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. Those things are powerful. And God uses those things to strengthen your root system. But here's the thing. When you and I depend on something that we have to do to be anchored, then when you don't do it, you're lost. I just want you to think about that for a second. I want to challenge our thinking. When you anchor yourself to your ability to do something, then what happens when you skip a day? You wake up with the mindset, today's not going to be as good as yesterday because I wasn't as good as yesterday. Rooted people say, Jesus is my anchor. Come on. And my spiritual activity is the way he makes himself known to me every day. Jesus is my anchor. Did you, did, you know that, did you know that when the church started, they were the most anchored, rooted, powerful people. They'd walk through the streets and people would get healed. 
3,000 people got saved. And did you know, do you know how much they read their New Testament? Every day? Three times a week? Oh, wait, they didn't have one. I know, I'm kind of messing with you a little bit. Stay with me, because I love the Bible. I love God's Word. It's living. It's active. It, it, it has the ability to change us and transform us, and God uses it to speak to me. But I'll tell you what, my hope is not in my ability Amen. to do anything. God just uses it as a tool to strengthen my root system, to speak to me. But my anchor is in Jesus. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 says, We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Yeah. And then it says this, Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold where Jesus has gone in before us. I have three anchors that, that, that hold me. You have three anchors that, that hold you. And everything else that we do to, to build our faith, we listen to Christian music, we worship, we pray, all of these things are things that God uses to strengthen our root system. But our anchor We've got three of them. The first one is this. I'm anchored in his finished work on the cross. His finished work on the cross. All three of these things, the more you get revelation, the more anchored you are. It's not more you do. It's the more you believe and you understand and your faith arises to believe in his finished work. I've met so many Christians that, that struggle to find their confidence struggle to find their, their courage. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. I love that picture. You ever met a Christian that, that you know, they're facing something or, 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 you know, somebody mentions like demonic activity, right? Somebody's like, you know, going through a, a spiritual battle and you ever met a Christian that's like, let's go. We run to the fight. Right? Like we ain't scared, come on. It's a street fight. Let's go. You ever met somebody like that? That's because they're bold as a lion. And I promise you that they are not anchored and they're not, their hope is not in, hey, 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 I, I went to church and read my Bible today. I'm confident. No, their confidence is in, he finished something yes. on the cross. And so I can stand today bold as a lion. Our anchor, I love this, our anchor is fastened to the mercy seat. Now listen, I could do a deep dive into the mercy seat because it's awesome, but I've got a bunch of other stuff I want to get to. But I just, I just want to say that the mercy seat was on top of the, the ark in between the cherubim and it represented the presence of God and the atoning work of, of, of what they accomplished in the incense to pay for their sins. And so when Jesus came, he finished all that. It's now in heaven and Jesus is there. And, and the point is he's sitting at the right hand of God and it is finished. It is accomplished. It is fastened to the mercy seat of God, the finished work, this picture that Jesus is seated. I've told you this before, there was no seat in the temple because the work's never done. But now the work is done and Jesus is seated 
in, in heavenly places. We are seated with him. The work is completed. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is you're anchored. You are secure, complete, loved, accepted, period. So tomorrow when you wake up, you don't have to go, man, what do I need to do to get anchored? What do I need to, man, I got to get my life together. I'm a mess. Anybody ever wake up like that? Like, I am a mess. New mindset, new idea, you're anchored. Now, listen, if you choose to live a life that's all, you know, all over the place, blowing in the wind, that, that's on you. But I, I'm here to tell you that the work has already been completed for you to be anchored. You got you to do anything else except for get up and go, all right, so I don't have to be a hot mess today. I don't have to be a train wreck. I don't have to be all over the place. I don't have to allow things to affect me the way that I do because I'm anchored. Because my anchor is in the furnished work of Jesus. And last time I checked, that's not getting undone anytime soon. Anybody with me? But the story, um, the story doesn't end at Golgotha on Friday. So Jesus, he accomplished something on the cross. But then comes Saturday and Sunday. And so the second thing that we're anchored in, and I want to dig into this a little bit, is we're anchored in his death and burial. See, there was one thing that was missing when, do you remember when the children of Israel were in Egypt and they were trying to get out of there and Moses came and said, I'm the deliverer and then the plagues and there was all these plagues and Pharaoh was like, oh, I'm gonna let you go. No, I'm not gonna let you go. And that happened over and over again until finally the last plague that came to the children of Israel in Egypt. Remember what it was? It was a death angel, right? And God said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill all the firstborn in Egypt, which sounds Horrible, but it was God's plan to deliver his people. And so what he told the Egyptians, or what he told the Israelites, God's people were, when the death angel comes, if you put blood on the doorpost, the death angel will pass by. There's no curse on you. It will, he will pass by you. It has nothing to do with who you are. When the death angel comes in, you don't explain like, no, I'm a good Hebrew. No, it's just blood or no blood. So they put the blood on the doorpost and the death angel passed by and killed all the firstborn in Egypt and finally Pharaoh let them go. But there was one thing that was missing when they did that, that, that we attach ourselves to now. And it's the broken body of Jesus. See, Jesus didn't just shed his blood for us on the cross. He actually, his body actually physically died and he went into the grave. There was, a, there was a death that took place. And I want to say this, um, communion, when we go to the table and we take the, the, the shed blood, the cup and the broken body, the cracker, the blood, the blood takes, takes care of our sin and our shame forever. The cracker, 
the broken body of Jesus is this beautiful symbol that your sins are taken away, but also the sinner, you, you're made new. I mean, again, this is Christianity 101. We believe that in Jesus, we are a new creation. We are brand new, that on the inside, I'm not that ugly person I was before. That's what changed. Not my behavior, not my, I I joined a new religious group, not that I learned some new habits and that's how I'm gonna get rooted. Like, I'm actually alive on the inside. I was dead before. I was lost before, and now I'm a brand new person. And that broken, that cracker, that broken body, Jesus going into the grave, that's what that represents, is that we're buried with him. Meaning, my old person, the worst version of me. I want you to think about the worst version of you. Got it? Maybe it was you this morning. Maybe you haven't been that version in a while. Or maybe you just tell yourself that, but, you know, your worst version of you selfish, self-indulgent, makes bad choices, bad mindset, all of those things. That person is buried. And there is a new person in you that can come alive. Now, this person's free from sin, which means that you're not trapped in your sin. doesn't mean you can't sin. It just means you're not stuck. This is the new creation in Christ. But here's the thing. The power of the cross is seen through death. Now, we don't talk about death very much because it sounds so harsh. It's like, let's go back to newness of life and God is good and he finished the work and so we can just go frolic into the the unknown. God is good. But there is a death that is so powerful that Jesus had to take. Now, when religious people talk about this, it's super harsh because it just has to do with you disciplining yourself. Die to yourself. And again, it's back to your works. But when it's in the hands of a resurrected Savior, it's life. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by, the, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is an anchor for me. I'll tell you what, our world, it, it, the enemy started it in the garden. This, the, the, this tactic of you need to live. You need to stand up for yourself. You really do. You need to stand up for your rights. Everyone's going to trample on you. Like, you need to be better. You need to live your best life. And so the snake came to Eve and said, you're not living your best life. God's holding you back. He doesn't know what's best for you. In fact, he's holding it from you. This tree that he says you can't eat from, you need to take matters into your own hands, and you need to go eat from it. He's holding you back. Well, the Bible says that in the last days, which I believe we're living in the last days, I mean, whether Jesus comes in my lifetime or not, these, anybody, these kind of feel like the last days. (laughs) And, And the Bible says that in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. 
As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. Lovers of self. Now, I don't know if you've gone outside your doors recently or spent any time online, but that describes our world. People are just obsessed with, I got to take care of me. And listen, like we all get sucked into that. It's, I got to, I got to live. I got to take care of myself. But what I've discovered is that death is the doorway to new life. Death. And this is an anchoring point, you guys. Like this is what makes us anchored. We are either going to get up every morning and go, I'm going to live for me. I'm going to live my best life. And I'm going to slap Christianity on it and say, God wants to bless me. And so I'm going to, I'm going to go get mine. Or we can realize that in Christianity, the power isn't just the cross, but it's down and buried with him in baptism and raised to newness of life. And so now we say, I actually don't live for me. And there's so much power in that. I don't have to look out for me. I don't have to look out for my rights. I don't have to fight for myself. There's a world out there that's already doing that. But every day I say, God, Holy Spirit, give me revelation to lay me down because me is not going anywhere. Me is the old version of me that's selfish, that always wants to get ahead, that's always thinking self-gratification. I know I'm the only one that struggles with that, but I struggle with it like, man, I want to feel good. I, I, want, I want things to happen for me and work out for me. And on the other side of it, God's saying, come on, receive my life. And my life is in buried. That old man is buried. And the new man is, God, my life is yours. My life is yours. So the struggle. Every day, Shane wakes up and says, today's your day. <laughs> today's your day to be selfish. Today's your day to be the victim. Today's your day to demand people to respect you. And then there's a little angel on the other side. And he goes, today's your day to die again. Because there's power in death. And that brings us to our last point, anchored to his resurrection power. So we're anchored in his finished work, regardless of what I do. My, my security and who I am is anchored. But if I want to walk in power, if I want to walk in confidence, if I want to walk in a Christ life, then Shane daily dies. But it's not a bummer. It sounds like a bummer, but everything's opposite. This is opposite world. We live in opposite world. When, when, when we do the things that, that this world says you should do and we gratify ourselves, it ends empty. Like I used to, man, I used to spend so much time trying to let Shane win. And I thought that Shane being awesome was the secret to life. And I got so lonely and so empty. And then I finally realized, wait, Shane dying is the doorway. To resurrection life. Watch the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for watch this, my power is made perfect in weakness. 
Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. I had this picture. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, I, think, I think it was Indiana Jones, but it's been a while. But um, there was this part, I think, in Indiana Jones um, where they were like about to fall and, um, and, the, and, and, and uh, Harrison Ford had the hand of, of the girl, I think it was in the last one, and, um, and, and she was, uh, was trying to reach the, like the cup, right, the cup that brings eternal life. And, uh, and he was holding her, and he was trying to, she was trying to reach for the cup. And it was just this moment where Harrison Ford says, um, you got to let it go. And, and the point was, you can't, you can't have both. You can't, you can't reach for this and still have this. And I had this picture that some of us are stretched between, like, I'm, I, I want all that God has for me, and I want to trust him, and I want to be anchored in him. But then there's this, there's this fear over here, that, and the fear is, I'm all alone in this world. There's not really anybody that's looking after me. So if I don't get up every day and, 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 and keep hold of, of, of who's going to look after me, then I will get lost. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because on this other hand, the truth is the Lord is my shepherd. And I have everything I need. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. But those things are only available when you let go of self. I die daily so that the life of Christ might live in me. And this is, not a, this is not a mandate on Christians that you better die, you better be selfless, you better be a good Christian. No, it's, it's the tension. It's letting go of you so that you can grab fully onto the one that's taking care of you, that's protecting you, that's holding you. He has you. He's got you. So there's so much power in being buried. I, bear, I am buried. I, I die daily. There is no resurrection without death. Remember that. There's no resurrection. Without, there's, no, there's no power of the resurrection without you dying. So it's, so it's either or. Either I'm going to go get mine. I'm going to go make sure that I'm living and that everybody notices me and that the people don't take an advantage of me and I'm going to play the victim when I need to play the victim and I'm going to demand things of me because, because if I don't take care of myself, then, then no one will. And I know that sounds harsh, but you know it's the world we live in. It's either that or it's total surrender. No, I'm, I'm not making a case that you let people walk on you. Okay, I get it. Like there's healthy boundaries, just like those trees need a fence. And that's another sermon to protect your root system. But, but what I am saying is, you don't have to go defend yourself. You have the great defender. He's amazing. He's taking care of you. You never have to be a victim a day in your life. Because you have the king of kings, the almighty God. He fights for you. He fights for me. He's at the right hand of God pleading for you. He is with you. 
And so let go of that mindset that you're alone. Let go of that mindset that somehow, that, that if you don't fight for yourself, no one will. Let go of that garbage and grab wholeheartedly onto the truth of God's word of who he is in you. There's the power. I look to Jesus as my provider. I look to Jesus as my protector so that when other people don't, when they don't meet my expectations and they do the things that I think they should and the things don't work out exactly how I should, I don't lash out at them. I don't play the victim that how come you and how come they and how come this didn't? No, my conversations with God. God, this is a bummer and this hurts and this is hard. But God, I know who you are. And I know you hold me in the palm of your hand. And so, Jesus, I trust you. Lead me once again to still waters. Restore my soul once again. Today, I'm anchored. Today, I'm secure. And today, I'm going to let that old man die. It's a daily choice. Pick up your cross daily and follow him. So today, Shane, you're not winning this one because that's, that's the worst version of me. That's the fearful, insecure version of me. Now today, Jesus, you're living in me. Father God, we love you. and We choose to be like those trees planted by the rivers of water, stable, secure, bearing fruit in season. And Lord, as we look at that picture of that person stretched out, making the decision between two things, Lord, we, we choose to let go of that lie that, that if I don't look after me, then no one will. We let go of that lie that somehow I'm, I'm alone in this world Jesus, we, we grab on with both hands to our shepherd that is constantly going out before us, calling us by name to a broad place for us to live, next to peaceful streams and running water, giving us everything we need, filling up our cup to overflowing. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.